What's going on, everybody? Welcome. Well, what's going on there? Music-wise, what's going on? Welcome back to another amazing episode, or possibly amazing episode, of Bridging the Geekdoms. Today, we're going to talk about a few different things. We got some uh, Wonder Woman, I guess. I, I, I don't know what even to call it, the way people are acting about this Wonder Woman news. Possibly, just over the last couple of hours, we've got some rumored Fantastic Four casting news. This could be interesting. Uh, especially if it pans out. I guess we'll see with that. Uh, we also got some discussions about... You know, I, I want to discuss film critics. The Guardian has a really interesting article up about film critics and internet personalities and, and, and influencers. I want to talk about that. And then, finally, we're going to stick with that kind of uh, little... Um, what you call it uh trend and we're gonna discuss we're gonna discuss wow i am losing my thought man it's been a while it's been a while it's been a few weeks uh, pop culture fandoms and how they have actually failed the industry as of late so let's get into it all on bridging the geekdoms Whew. I tell you what, I, uh, I, I, it, it's been a couple weeks, obviously, it has, and, uh, viewership is, is low today, see, this is why you don't take a couple weeks off, you're not supposed to, you're supposed to push through and record no matter what, make sure people don't miss a week, because then they just forget about you, what's going on, everybody? Hopefully you didn't miss me too much. I don't know why you would, but hopefully you haven't missed me too much. Like I said, we're going to talk about some some uh, interesting topics this week. The first thing I do want to bring up, you know, this whole bit about Wonder Woman as of late uh, is is really interesting because there's you know, there's this this whole idea that James Gunn is rebooting the DCU, and uh, with rebooting it, there shouldn't be any connection to the old. And I wholeheartedly agree. And I did a video all about this and posted it earlier today. So go check that out on my channel, but on my YouTube channel. But what I want to talk about is some information that came about recently from... Oops, let's see. Uh, Grace Randolph. Of all people, Grace Randolph. That's uh, not going to work. Let's go back to... Uh, go to this one here. So Grace Randolph says, Gal Gadot has been promised by James Gunn and Peter Safran that they will develop a Wonder Woman 3 together. However, she does note that there is no contract in place as of yet. This is coming from Grace Randolph. We again, she's one of those duper scoopers that you know, grifters that, that loves to just hear the sound of their own voice, just to hear the sound of their voice. They don't always get these things right. So, 
when we sit here and, and, and look at this and take this information, we have to take it with a very large grain of salt. But that, obviously that isn't the first that we heard because Gal Gadot stated herself that she, from her understanding, she is going to be working with James Gunn and Peter Safran on developing Wonder Woman 3 together. There's a few things that people need to keep in mind here. And, and this is very important to, to understand and to know. When you talk about developing a film, that could simply sit down, they could shoot the shit for a little while, put some ideas up on a board, and try to come up with a story that'll fit the overall franchise. If during that time they can't fit a story, then they could just walk away from it and maybe re-explore it down the line in a few years. There's no confirmation here that Wonder Woman 3 is A, in development, B, going to be put into active development, which means into production, pre-production, and all that. And there's no announcement of Wonder Woman 3. And that's where a lot of people just, they ignore how the business side works. And they hear something like this. They hear something like, oh, we're planning on developing it. But don't understand that, you know, there's a good possibility that it just it just doesn't come to fruition. The amount of projects that get talked about and get put into to development and then just left on the shelf or thrown away or or what have you, that is an incredible amount on a yearly basis for all studios. So this idea and freaking out that Gal Gadot may still be Wonder Woman in the DCU, I think it's a little premature. And, and not only that, but we have to we have to be patient. We have to see what the idea is. What is the plan? What are they planning on doing with the story in the DCU? Could they be building up to a mini crisis event where we see multiple heroes from different multiverses that was established in the Flash movie, uh, which is part of the multiverse of all DC? So, yes, while the DCU sits over here, the DCEU and the Snyderverse sit right over on the side. Those are there. We don't know. So to get our panties in a bunch, to call out James Gunn and say he doesn't know what he's doing and saying that he's not fit for the job, you have a but a piece of the puzzle. It's probably a 500 to 1500 piece puzzle. And you have one single piece here that maybe doesn't even fit in this particular puzzle, but you are making it out to fit because you just want to bitch and complain. So that's what it comes down to. And it, it, I'm just, I'm sick of it. You know, people want to sit there and say, Oh, you, you're, you're part of the gun cult, which is hilarious because all the Snyder cult fans and uh, cultists decided to try and swip, uh, flip the switch and make it, Oh no, there's a gun cult too. No, there's no gun cult. I'm just a fan of DC, the DC brand. And I want to see DC succeed. And I think right now the best, option for that is not to restore the Snyderverse, is not to continue the DCEU, but to do a full reboot. That is my opinion. And right now, James Gunn is in charge. Do I think he is the best man for the job? No, but he is the man in the job. And I hope for the best. And I hope that he does well because I'm a DC fan. I want to see DC do well. But I want to know your thoughts. You know, what do you think about this whole Wonder Woman thing? It, it is absolutely ridiculous. It's crazy. I don't understand why 
uh, Gal Gadot would even say that. Maybe she's trying to to play her cards to maybe push James Gunn and Peter Safran to uh, make sure they don't forget and they move forward. Although I think it could have done the complete opposite. I think it could have scared them away because of the backlash from the fans on not wanting to see that happen, on everybody agreeing that a reboot should be a reboot. Uh, plain and simple. Reboot it from start to finish. If we want to do a crisis, if we, if we want to see a multiverse down the line, sure, bring her back then. Bring it back Cavill, Affleck, any of that. But for the time being, I think they, they need to fully establish the DCU and not worry about the DCEU. The further they separate themselves from the DCEU, the better chance they have at pulling the general audience back and saying, hey, I'm going to watch this. So I think that's a big, big, big thing that they need to, that James Gunn needs to worry about and making sure he gets accomplished. All right. Uh, moving on to the next topic I want to, I want to discuss here. And uh, well, let's just uh, pull this up because earlier today, uh, Mr. Um, Jeff Snyder from the hot mic. Now, a lot of people don't like Jeff Snyder. Uh, he is not the most reliable source. Uh, he has had a couple of semi hits in the past, but for the most part, he, he's just one of those scoopers, you know, grifters. Uh, but this one, this is an exciting one because we've all been interested in wanting to know who are going to be the characters or not the characters, but the actors portraying the characters in fantastic four, the Marvel cinematic universe, fantastic four. Well, Jeff Snyder uh, revealed on the hot mic that Jack Quaid was the number one choice for Johnny storm and, and, and hold that thought there. But Vanessa Kirby is officially going to be our Sue storm. Now, Vanessa Kirby uh, was last seen in this year's mission impossible dead reckoning. Uh, she's got she's got some some skill to her, but I, I don't know if I see her as a Sue Storm. Uh, she has the blonde hair, sure, uh, which looks fake. I don't think it's a real blonde, but regardless, I don't think it's a bad choice in that regard. When it comes to looks, acting wise, though, I, I, the reason why I don't think she has is because the rumor right now is that. Sue Storm is going to be the main character. She's going to be the driving force of the Fantastic Four film and quite possibly franchise. I'm not sure she's a leading lady. I, I still think Jodie Comer would have been best for that. Maybe she passed on it. Maybe they didn't even talk to her. I don't know. But as of right now, it seems like Vanessa Kirby, which I spelled her name wrong there, Kribby. Vanessa Kirby. Vanessa Kirby is our Sue Storm. Uh, now, the Jack Quaid thing is really interesting because since this report came out, uh, the um, new rumor is it's Joseph Quinn, not Jack Quaid. According to Jeff Snyder, uh, he was mistaken and it's actually Joseph Quinn. Now, Joseph Quinn is best known as of recently being in Stranger Things. He was the uh, thrashing guitar guitarist in the last season of Stranger Things, playing Master of Puppets on top of an RV. Yeah, I mean, or a mobile home. I, I mean, it was great. Uh, he did a good job in that. Would I sit here and say that he's Johnny Storm? I think I would have preferred Jack Quaid, but... I, again, I it is all about the interpretation that they're doing. 
Uh, is he a leading man? I, I don't see that in him. But then again, he could work really well alongside Vanessa Kirby and whomever they get for Mr. Fantastic and for whoever they get for the thing that that's the, the big part that I think people, you know, they want to sit there and freak out about this, but when you get down to it, we don't know anything. Uh, Eben Moss back rack, back, back rack, back rock. Back, I don't know. I can't say names. Names are hard. <laughs> but uh, Evan Moss Backrick has been reportedly cast in the Fantastic Four as well. However, it's not it's not known who will be who he will be playing. And he's most recently known for playing a role on Hulu's big hit right now, The Bear. I saw the first season. I haven't seen the second season yet. It was an excellent show and he did a great job in it. He was also in uh, Rogue or not Rogue One um, Andor. He was also in Andor. So I'm, I'm curious to see who he's playing. He looks, his looks give off a villain vibe. So take that as you will. I know that there's talk that Galactus is going to be the main villain of the Fantastic Four film. And there's rumor that it's going to be played by a Latino actor. But maybe it's him. I, I don't know. I don't know, but it's nice to see that there's starting to be a spark. We're starting to see some kind of movement uh, when it comes to the Fantastic Four. Here's the thing. I don't know how casting goes during a strike. Can you cast people while there's a strike going on? Can they sign contracts or anything? Uh, because here's the thing, you know, Vanessa Kirby, if she was cast as it, it had to have been, I believe it had to have been before the strike. So anybody who's cast probably signed before the strike happened. And now they're just sitting there and waiting until that's over to then start the production. But it's really interesting to uh, see that there is movement. There is things. I mean, it's been like what, four, four, four or five years since we knew that this was coming. Uh, it's about time. You know, I mean, the only thing is I think people want X-Men more than they want Fantastic Four. I, I would, I don't care. I just want to see new characters, interesting characters. I'm not overly excited about them building on the MCU. If they make her Vanessa Kirby, make her Sue Storm the centric character of the film. Uh, but I'm holding out hope that that was incorrect because as we've seen through the last couple phases since Endgame, Marvel has played this game when it comes to pushing female characters and uh, trying to make them the highlight of the show. And the shows and the movies just haven't performed well. I don't understand why they continue to beat a dead horse. Uh, you know, when you get down to it, it's about making money. It's not about, it's not about sitting there trying to make a statement. It's about making money. And you can have an ensemble cast and have a strong female character in there and be if not as more impactful than having the, the film or the project led by a woman. Uh, and that goes for anything. You know, everybody wants to sit there and say representation matters regardless of, you know, if it's a race representation or gender, but let's get down to it, guys. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if that character is Latina. It doesn't matter if that character is black. It doesn't matter if it's a woman or if it's a man. 
just be right for the part, be good in that part. That's all that matters. That's all that should ever matter when it comes to film and television. They shouldn't be checking off a box saying, oh, we got to make sure that, you know, we get a strong, powerful woman for this, you know, female led, uh, you know, uh, uh, film. And we've tried six other films like this and none of them have worked. So we got to try again. We got to make sure we get it right. That's not what they should be doing. They should be getting the right script, the right actors, the right artist to put this on screen to excite the fans. That's what it comes down to is exciting you and I for this content and that's just something that doesn't seem to happen or something that hasn't seemed to happen with marvel in the last three or four years we've had a few gems shang chi was great i i still hold that up as the best post end game film uh then you have i i thought eternals was good it was a good ensemble cast miss marvel i really enjoyed loki was good uh, but again you know for those four after that you have another 20 that just were crap or just didn't land or were mediocre and let's not even get started on secret invasion i've refused to talk about secret invasion on this show because of how bad it was just uh, marvel get your act together kevin feige call me up i'm not part of the writers guild not part of the actors guild I'm not saying that I'll act. I, I do hear you need a fat person. You're looking for a fat white guy for the thing. I'm a fat white guy, so I fit that. Got nothing going on. Give me a call. Or at least give me a call to help you figure out the story when it comes to Marvel. My goodness. Get your act together, guys. It's pathetic what's going on over here. But let me know your thoughts on the Fantastic Four News. What is? What do you think? you think Vanessa Kirby is a good choice? Do you think that... Uh, Jack Quaid or Joseph Quinn is a good choice. Who would you like to see as the main villain? Galactus, you know, Victor Von Doom, Silver Surfer. There's rumor that he's going to pop up. I mean, if you have Galactus, it's almost a given you have Silver Surfer. But I guess it's a wait and see at this point in time. But let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Or I guess if you're listening to this as a podcast, uh, there's no comments below, is there? Oh, well. All right. I think, is that all I wanted to talk about before we get into this? Let me double check, because I honestly, I tell you what, sometimes I I do things I don't think. Go. I go. And I go. What did I have here? Wonder Woman. Gal Gadot. Oh, Zack Snyder. <laughs> Zack Snyder supports Blue Beetle. This was a very, very, very interesting uh, week. Uh, let me tell you. You know, fans, this we're going to get into a little bit more uh, with our main topic. But yeah, that's interesting. And, and then Star Wars. Star Wars has been really quiet lately. And I think there's a reason for it. Yeah, Soka comes out this month in what? two weeks week and a half something like that so we're excited about that ahsoka is going to be fantastic but you know when it comes down to it I, I think the the reason that star wars has been very quiet lately is because they're finally getting their act together i think they're sitting back and they're like let's not let's not converse with the fans let's not do this let's just kind of let things simmer for a little bit we're gonna have ahsoka coming out we've got a couple other things coming out this year let's just let that be i think that's a good thing i think that's a good idea 
Uh, hopefully it works out and plays out for them for sure. But let me know. Let me know what you guys think about Star Wars right now. I'm looking forward to Ahsoka. I think Ahsoka is going to be good. Um, yeah, I think it's it's going to be it's going to be exciting uh, for that. Uh, again, I am worried though. I am. I am worried. I, it's hard not to be worried when it comes to the the Star Wars universe. It's really difficult. This is real interesting. I want to pull this up real quick. I don't know if any of you are fans of The Witcher, uh, but this popped up on, on my feed today. So The Witcher, we know Henry Cavill has walked. This is his final season. And then Liam, Liam Hemsworth, the... Uh, I guess the second in line of the Hemsworth monarchy <laughs> has uh, decided to take on the role of Geralt in season four. However, the Witcher producer recently spoke and said, uh, and was talking about the con the controversial changes from the books. And he says, when a series is made for a huge mass of viewers and a large part of them are Americans, these simplifications are necessary. The logic of the plot is less significant. Uh, those people grew up on TikTok. They jumped from video to video. <laughs> yeah, he's in for a rude awakening here. The producer should not have said that. Basically, just slap in the face of the fans of The Witcher, slapping the face of Americans especially, which is kind of ridiculous if you think about it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yes, the attention span of the younger generations... Uh, anybody born after 1995, the attention span is is pretty pretty bad. Uh, and as you get younger and younger, it's even worse and worse and worse. And yes, things like YouTube and TikTok and those types of outlets have really pushed and, and made that happen. But I can assure you, if you make content that is worth it, if you make content that is that that is worth their time they're going to watch it but you shouldn't be worried about that you shouldn't be making a show because of tiktok videos again it comes down to story it comes down to the art make the best possible piece of art that you can make if you can't do that then you shouldn't be in that position if you are not allowed to do that those who are in charge should not be in those positions it's that simple and that's a big reason why Henry Cavill wanted to walk away from the Witchers because they were making all these controversial changes that he didn't agree with. Him being such a big fan of the series didn't agree with and he wanted to get out because it just wasn't worth his time. It wasn't the Witcher to him anymore. And we've also seen a decline this season because of all that. There was a decline in viewership. People just don't care about the Witcher this year. The first season blew up. It was huge. Second season kind of started to drop off. This season, it's a massive drop. If they even come out with a season four after this, no one's going to watch. And this is nothing on Liam's Hemsworth. Liam Hemsworth, he's just not a Henry Cavill. And all this coming out now, like that's just a bad move for them. Bad, bad move. Terrible move for them. Terrible. All right, let's get into the meat and potatoes. Or not that. This is the start of the meat and potatoes. This is like the. Uh, the breadsticks of the meal here. Let's get into it, all right? The breadsticks. What am I talking about? I do love breadsticks. Breadsticks are delicious. <coughs> all right. So a really interesting article came out the other day from The Guardian. And it's 
titled who needs film critics when studios can be sure influencers will praise their films now this photo cover photo is absolutely atrocious um i mean you shouldn't be surprised with how they've been how all media has been highlighting abominations and um stuff like that but yeah um the, the regardless of that this is a very very interesting article that i i do encourage you all to read it's very long i'm not going to read the whole thing but i wanted to highlight a couple paragraphs here so this here says the internet has paved the way for the devaluation of cinema via streaming platforms it has also done the same for film criticism uh the de uh, democratizing effect is undeniable but so is the cheapening one literally and figuratively with so many people writing about cinema online fees for reviews have fallen to shockingly low levels and expertise supposedly required of film critics has been forgotten knowledge of film history and good writing skills are less and less valued from typos and poor grammar to evident misunderstandings about what certain word means Cambridge Dictionary defines bombastic as forceful and confident in a way that is intended to be very powerful and impressive, but may not have much real meaning or effect, which would mean that Barbie is pompous rather than remarkable. In superficial readings of complex films, the quality of film writing has dwindled. It is hard to recommend people read more criticism when it is so when it so often makes for a tedious or actively infuriating experience. The low quality, mass availability, and low interest has in turn hurt publications and encourages editors to pay their writers ever less, and the vicious cycle continues. Recently, a, fe a fellow critic tweeted their review of a film newly released in U.S. theaters, but rather than letting their words speak for themselves, they also attached a clip from that film, a clip they had illegally recorded off the online screener, which the studio had provided them. The tweet has since been taken down they did they did so to encourage people to see the film because they said no one was going to read my review anyway regardless of how well i think it's written when i asked why bother writing a review at all their answer was brutal and simple for fifty dollars if the critics themselves perceive their work as worthless and pointless and fall into the marketing strategies to draw people towards films that they love what place does film criticism hold in today's culture this is really interesting because you know for the last half decade five six years i have been a i've been adamant about calling out critics um because to me and, and this does fall on them there has been a perception for quite a while that film critics film critics are paid for good reviews Let's put it that way. Yes, you'll have those critics. You'll have the certain critics who will skirt the line of a negative review and a positive review. And normally a negative review will happen. And this does happen to directors or writers or actors that they don't particularly like. You know, it's it's hard pressed to find bad, bad reviews on a Steven Spielberg or a Christopher Nolan movie. Sure, you'll have those ones that are hey, this movie tries to do this and tries to do this, but it ends up falling flat. Uh, but then you'll find a, a review on Zack Snyder, and this is the biggest piece of dog crap ever. <laughs> you know, I mean, like that's how movie critics have been over the last 15 years or so. 
so there was a perception, there was this idea, this thought that critics were not in touch with what the fans liked and what they want to see and how they want to see it. And I don't disagree with that. And what happened because of that? And and I've I was I've been part of this. I mean, I've been doing podcasting and YouTubing in some form or fashion for the better part of what seven, eight years. Because this started within the last 10 years. It, this film review um, type of influencer on YouTube and podcast form that started to blow up because of the way critics have reviewed it. It's no surprise that that happened with how the internet is, with how quickly it has changed, how big YouTube has gotten, how big podcast has gotten. This all came about because of the way that people just do not and did not trust critics. And it's done for free. Think about that for a second. You know, I jump on here and I don't have a big following, but I can sit here and I can spout for 55, 60 minutes about a film I really love. I can go on Twitter and spout about a film I really love. On Twitter, I have a decent following, and most of my tweets, you know, they don't get a crap ton, but you're you're talking about impressions, you know, 10,000 impressions easy from a tweet on YouTube, between YouTube podcast and, and Rumble, I'll probably get, you know, another 150 to 200 impressions possibly. But you take a look at that, you see that, and the studio didn't have to pay me a dime. I was going to go see that movie regardless of what they did. I was going to most likely enjoy that movie and I was going to talk about it. Granted, that does fall on the other side as well. There very well could be people who badmouth and talk about it, bad about a movie. But the thing is, the studios know when a movie is going to be bad. They do. They know when a movie's going to be bad. And when they do that, not even the critics get a chance to see it early. But if you notice, studios have been starting to do these influencer previews for movies. Uh, they've been inviting influencers to the premieres. They are starting to see the value in influencers as opposed to film critics. And even a normal marketing campaign is different now. Let's take, there's a TikToker, Straw Hat Goofy. He's a pretty good TikToker. I enjoy some of his content. He loves to talk about, it. he's very passionate about things. I remember seeing a TikTok from him not long ago about how he was able to quit his day job because he's finally getting to do what he loves. And that's talking about movies and reviewing movies and talking about pop culture on a daily basis on TikTok. But who's paying him for that? Not the studios. No, he's getting paid from TikTok, from ads, from different things. So you, you figure this promotion, this marketing from studios is, is nearly completely free. When it comes to critics, they, they usually have to, to wine and dine them. They have to wine and dine the critics on a constant basis for all of their movies. So it, it does cost them money then. I, I, I think there is a good discussion here. Personally, I, 
I do agree that critics have lost sense of what's important to the fan. And a lot of times they, they sway the opposite direction of the fans. And that's not all the time, but their opinions sway the opposite direction of the, of the fans. And I get that at one time, yes, at one time, Film critics should be very knowledgeable, and they still should be very knowledgeable about film. They should understand how film is done, how it works, how writing is done, all of that. And they should be. If you're if you're a writer, if you're a, a, a journalist, you should have decent writing skills. And I get that. But when it comes down to it, if you can't, if you, if you cannot connect with those reading your articles or watching your videos. If what you put on Rotten Tomatoes angers people, no matter what, whether there's influencers or not, nobody's going to start or going to read your articles, or watch your videos. So while, yes, the influencers have blown up quite a bit over the last few years, it does fall in the laps of the critics. It's not on the studios. The studios are doing what they need to do to promote their film the best way possible. So I don't put that on, this, on the studios. I put it on the critics. They've lost touch with the audience. They're so, so adamant about being, I guess, you know, more intelligent than their audience that they can sometimes forget that their audience just wants to know, is it a good movie or a bad movie? Good or bad? Let me know. They don't need a full three-page article on why you don't think it's a good movie. They want to see somebody sitting there on YouTube for five minutes talking about the movie, what they liked, what they didn't like, and whether you should go see it or not. Again, yes, that, that falls on because of the, the TikTok movement and everything going so fast. We just kind of talked about that. You know, with The Witcher, things are fast moving. People want fast things. But if your content is good, and this is a big thing. This is something you learn when, it, when, you're, when you're YouTubing. If your content is good, people are going to stick around and watch it. They always say, you know, start off with five, six-minute videos. See if you can keep people's attention for five or six minutes. If you do bump it up to 10 minutes if you do bump it up to 15 and go from there and, you know but you find that you find what works for you if six minutes always works for you you stick with six minutes you can try higher lower whatever you want to do but whatever works for you is what you want to do but it's not always what works for you it's what works for you getting the retention of the audience and critics just have lost that Rotten Tomatoes is a big part of that. Rotten Tomatoes, all of those types of review sites, Metacritic, where critics could go on and put their reviews all in one place. I've really, really heard it. Especially the, and I, I hate, I hate ranking, not ranking, but, you know, giving movies or projects a rating you know, between one and a hundred or one in 10, like, no, because a movie could be 65% and I could have loved the movie. It's just not as good as other movies that I've seen. And that's one way of looking at it. 
However, if I watch a movie, I'll watch it and say, okay, out of one of 100, this movie was a 60. It was all right. wasn't terrible. Is it as good as Man of Steel? No, but they're two completely different films. Man of Steel to me is a 95 to 98. That's a great movie. But then I wouldn't compare those two movies together. But that's what people do. When they see numbers, they're automatically going to compare. Oh, look, Barbie got a 96 and, you know, The Flash got a 64. Obviously, Barbie's the better movie. Well, they're two completely different type of movies. You can't compare, compare the two. Go watch The Flash, go watch Barbie and see which one you like the most. Or just like them for what they are. It's that simple. I want to know your thoughts. I want to know what you guys have to think and have to say about this. Because it is an interesting, very interesting topic to discuss. It's very, very interesting. Um, all right. So let's move on to... Whoops, that's not where I want to go. The final topic of the week and this is the one where i think people may get a little a little upset i think so it's good about that so let's talk a little bit about pop culture fan let's talk about pop culture because this isn't the first time I've brought this up on the podcast. I've brought it up a couple times, at least. And the thing is, it's not getting any better. I first, first I criticized the Star Wars fans. Uh, the first time I ever did a topic like this. And, and the reason why is, yeah, Star Wars fans are, are terrible right now. They're divisive, they're angry, they fight, they push uh, on social media. Not in life. You know, you, you go to those conventions, you find a Star Wars fan, and you forget about all the bad and all the negativity. You just, you rejoice in the fact that you are there with somebody who has gone through the Star Wars journey with you. When it comes to social media, when it comes to online, and it's not just Star Wars anymore, but these fandoms... Are just so rotten and mean. It, it's not even like it's deserving. It's this level of entitlement that people have. People think they are entitled. They think they're entitled to have everything they want when it comes to film or television or animation. If it's not what they want, screw it. It's terrible. It's bad. Go away. And they start to freak out. And it's really ridiculous. Here's a great example of, a, a, you know, the current one. And, and I talk about them quite a bit. And, and I, I don't do it because I want to be picky and, and call them out. I want to call them out because they're... They're annoying. They're ridiculous. They're dumb. They need to stop. They're not helping anything. Ollie of Snyderverse. The Snyder cultists is what I call them. Because they have become a cult. But they sit there and say, fuck the DCU. Day 224. Pass it on. Fire James Gunn. Boycott Warner Brothers. Restore the Snyderverse. 
why? Like, why do you have to be so negative? Who hurt you, Ollie of Snyderverse? You don't do anything. It's, it's not constructive, what you're doing. And that's kind of a big part of being a fan is, yes, we get to criticize. We don't have to like everything that comes out. We don't have to love everything that comes out. We don't have to hate. And we shouldn't hate because if we hate it, then what's the point of being a fan? But my guess is this Ollie of Snyderverse is a fan of DC. And he wants to see the DC brand succeed. I can't imagine that he wasn't a fan of DC before watching a Snyderverse film. And even if he was, I would encourage him, or it wasn't, I would encourage him to go read some DC comics to get a better understanding of the lore, of the characters, and see what is possible and, and what we might get with the new DCU. Luke Tremblay, enough is enough. It's time to take a stand once and for all. Snyder fans, the Warner Brothers Discovery is going down. Boycott everything until we finally get what we want. But why? It's toxic. It's not fun. You you take away, you take away all of the enjoyment of being a fan when you do things like this. And it's not just for other people, but you're doing it to yourself. You're doing it to yourself. What, what is the what is the point of that? Like you are you you hate something so much that you make it your mission on social media to constantly call them out. Newsflash, guys. This is all make believe. None of it is real. Not Star Wars, Star Trek. DC, not Marvel. Marvel fans are starting to get to that point as well. This whole idea that, you know, if you don't make what we like, then F you is absurd. You heard me talking about it just a little bit ago when it comes to Marvel. I'm a Marvel fan. I like the Marvel films. I'm a bigger DC guy, but I still enjoy the Marvel films. I've given every single, every single project that is released a chance. Every single one. Despite all of the bullcrap that has come out over the last three years, I've still given every single project a chance. The man-hating She-Hulk film. The feminists, um... What was it? Um, the you know the MCU stuff, all of that. I give it a chance. What was the last one that just came out? I can't even remember what the last one was that came out. Regardless, I've given it a chance, just as I'm going to do with DC, just as I will do with Star Wars. Star Wars is my first love. Star Wars got me through some tough times as a kid. Han, Luke, and Leia, they were my friends growing up. Get home from, from school on a Friday night. And, you know, I just threw in A New Hope. And watched all three of the original trilogy in one night. 
pull out my toys. Have my Millennium Falcon running around the house with it. And I will still, regardless, even with how bad the sequel trilogy was, I will continue, continue to give it a shot. Well, maybe not the Acolyte. <laughs> but that's another, that's another topic for another day. But you see, when it comes to being a fan of something, it's no fun to be negative. It's no fun to beat down other fans. Oh, isn't that the pot calling the kettle black? Or the kettle calling the pot black? Whatever that saying is. Here's the thing. Yeah, over the last few months, six months or so, <laughs> maybe more, um, I've been I've been pretty pretty critical of the Snyder fans. Uh, I, I've pushed back quite a bit, and the reason for that is because what they're trying to do is destroying the fandom. I guess what I'm doing isn't helping. And honestly, you get to a point, and I kind of got to that point today when I realized, you know, all of my pointing out facts and truths and reasonable um, reasonableness, you know, and, and intelligence when it comes to the movement, uh, it doesn't matter. Because they're never going to listen. They're just not. But where it does matter. I found on, on social media the past few weeks, people following me. People starting conversations with me. Because they see. They see that there is a section of the fandom. Of being a Snyder fan. Of being a DC fan. They see that there is a section out there that isn't toxic and negative towards the brand and they want to get excited too they want to be excited about everything just like i am just like hopefully you are and that that is what we need to do we need to be excited are we going to love every movie every show that comes out from dc from star wars from marvel from star trek to lord of the rings to all of it no we're not and if we did, I would say there's a problem with us and not the product. We're not going to love everything because not everything is made for us in that particular way. Not everything hits us the same way. You know, I, I, I don't know how, how else to put it, but film and, and TV and any forms of art are all subjective. <laughs> I, on my one video the other day, you know, one of a uh, longtime viewer, which I'm surprised he's not on here today. Uh, Jay Cassell, I think is, is how you say his name. Jay Castle. Uh, I, I was posting how Man of Steel, in my opinion, and I, you know, I said in the video, Man of Steel, in my opinion, is the greatest superhero origin film to come out. And he comments and he goes, well, what about Sam Raimi Spider-Man or, you know, 78 uh, uh, Superman or batman begins or you know he he mentioned these other origin films that hey they're good movies and in some regards they're great but to me to me man of steel man of steel is the best of the origin stories that doesn't take away from your enjoyment that doesn't take away from another person's enjoyment of say spider-man or superman or batman 
No, you can think that those ones are better than Man of Steel. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's where Phantom, that's where all Phantoms need to get back to. For some reason, we've all decided to jump at each other. And it, it doesn't make sense. I've often said, you know, some of the most fun parts of being a fan of pop culture, some of the most fun is the speculation, the anticipation, the excitement. We should all be speculating right now what James Gunn has up his sleeve for DC. We should all be speculating what Lucasfilm has up their sleeve for the upcoming films that they've announced. We should be trying to figure out, oh, when are they going to bring X-Men into the, the MCU? But that's not what happens. That's not what's going on. What goes on is, hey, I like The Last Jedi. No, you can't like The Last, you can't like the last Jedi. You're, you're just a, a fanboy. Hey, I liked Miss Marvel. You're not allowed to like Miss Marvel. How dare you? That piece of garbage made for kids? How could you like that? The quality was terrible. I didn't like Obi-Wan. Well, how could you not like Obi-Wan Kenobi? That show was phenomenal. And there's constant fighting because there's no understanding. People refuse to realize that people can like different things. And, and it's really hurting pop culture. It's really making it hard for there to be enjoyment in pop culture. I've been sitting here for a number of weeks. This has nothing to do with me not being on the last couple of weeks. I've just had a busy life. But for about a month or so, I've been sitting back thinking, like, is this the route I want to continue? Do I want to continue talking about pop culture and film and television? Uh, because I love that. I love talking about it. But I, I love other things. I love technology. I would love to sit down and, and just have a technology podcast and just talk about new technology that has come out do videos on new technology that'd be great i don't have the time to do both but the way things have been going in the pop culture world with how toxic and and divisive every fan base has become it's made it so difficult because you almost have to like tiptoe around things and that's not how fandom should be that's not how it should be you like Star Wars? Yeah. Amazing. I like Star Wars too. Hey, there's a few movies I didn't like. There's a few TV shows I didn't like. But overall, Star Wars is my jam. DC? Hell yeah. I love DC. I'm a big fan of what Snyder did, but I understand why they're moving on from him. Yeah, I wish it would stay. I wish it would bring back Zack Snyder. Hey, that's cool, man. That's cool. Hey, I got this hashtag over here. Animate the Snyderverse. I think that's a much better, better possibility than Restore. But hey, let's have a discussion. MCU hasn't been great lately, but that doesn't take away from the greatness that the first 10 years was. And I'm hopeful that they can get it back on track. Those are the conversations we should be having. And it's a damn shame that this is what we're seeing. This crap here. We shouldn't even worry about who's in charge of what studio. You know why we shouldn't worry about it? You know why it shouldn't matter? Because all we should care about is the art. 
We should care about the art that is being made. And that, that, my friends, is why pop culture fandom has failed pop culture. It's unfortunate. I wish it wasn't true. But they have. And it's made it really difficult to be a fan of pop culture. So uh, I do need to plug this for my buddy here. My buddy, John Horsley from Spoiler Country, which you may have heard of before. Um, we were once part of the Spoiler Spoilerverse network, which spawned out of Spoiler Country. I don't even know if they still have a network or not. I don't know if it's still there or not, but uh, Mr. Mr. Horsley wrote a comic book, and he released the comic book called John Lee Nonley. So uh, it is available at y2cl.net, or you can... Uh, go on to Amazon, I believe, and find it there, um, or Kindle, whatever it is. You can find it there, digital copies. Uh, I picked up my copy last night. I haven't had a chance to read it, but hopefully I'm going to get them on the show to discuss and talk about this um, maybe next week. So keep that in mind or keep a lookout for that. Uh, this is this was a, a, a fun episode. Um Yeah, I'm back. You know, I'm back to getting back to the weekly episodes. Uh, so hopefully you all come back around. Be nice because, uh, yeah, I missed the conversation from my viewers. They've just disappeared this week, unfortunately. All right, guys. Well, make sure you hit that like button, hit subscribe, share this with all your friends, family, aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, all that jazz. Because uh, without you, without you, I got nothing. We got nothing going on here. So thank you all so much for listening, for watching. With all that said, I'll talk to all of you later. <laughs>